Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, and passionate people who do incredible things. Hello, I am Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. And I'm joined today by my co-host, not Trey, who is very much not unalive. <laughs> A.K.A. Emily. <laughs> That's me, not Trey. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to the modern romantic i'm just kidding uh anyway you are so cordially invited if you don't know by now we live stream all of our interviews and you are invited to join us consider this your cinderella invitation interact with our guests every monday night at 7 p.m central time visit twitch.tv forward slash the modern romantic to follow us and subscribe and follow our social media channels for announcements we also invite you to share us with a friend, share us with a loved one, share us with that friend that you haven't talked to in five years that you randomly send a Facebook message to and just go, hey, you should listen to this podcast and don't say anything else. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I promise it's not multi-level marketing. <laughs> this is not a pyramid scheme. This I is am... not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and I am not Trey. <laughs> and I am definitely Inigo Montoya. <laughs> Um, Emily, what's new in your world this week? Uh, you know, uh, it's been a long winter here in Minnesota, and we finally have tulips that are about to bloom. <laughs> oh, are they growing in your um, uh, in your uh, sour cream bowls? No. <laughs> no, they're growing outside where they belong in the wild. Um, tulips are pretty, but they bite. Uh, no, the sour cream plants, which are tomatoes... <laughs> are outside too and uh they're actually blooming already too which is really great so i put them out there and mm -hmm. uh so the bees can have at them which is important for tomato production and also uh i saw our first hummingbird of the season today which is very exciting i love hummingbirds please tell me you got pictures please tell me you got a picture i got a picture but not of a hummingbird <laughs> Dang it. What is our friendship if you're not going to supply me with pictures I, of hummingbirds? Yeah. I could send you a picture of a Baltimore Oriole that I did get. Because we have Orioles okay. too. Bright orange. It's great. They're amazing. They're almost not real looking. Okay. I will accept a not real bird. <laughs> How about a picture of a not real bird? <laughs> How about both? <laughs> so <laughs> tell me about your week. <laughs> And that was the equivalent of an effort something completely different. Um, <laughs> humming derp. Yes, I had a hummingbird that I named Humming Derp many years ago. Because it would it would sit there on the hook that I had the hummingbird feeder on with its tongue out. <laughs> it would just sit there and be like, it was really cute. I do have a picture of that one. Okay. It's, it is somewhere on my Instagram, which you can see right here. At Emily Kramer Art. Yes, thank you for filling in our listening audience. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and you can find me at Orphitunes. Um, I do not post a whole lot of visual content. Um, I just post random things. Um, but you asked about my week. Um, now that it's formally announced, um, I can actually finally state to the public that I have accepted a promotion to um, be King. an instruction. That too. Um, so I am now king of confusion, of the state of confusion, 
And I am now also an instructional designer uh, for our learning and development team. So people actually learn and develop. Uh, yes, compared to before where it was just utter organized chaos. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. It so sounds I'm like really... many companies out there. <laughs> I did not mean for that to be as dark a joke as, uh, as it came out to be. Um, I, I promise. Hey, that... no more pupa. Fully developed humans now. I don't know what is happening to my brain today. Like, I actually had a really good day today. And then... And then I, I this podcast know. happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. Oh, it's fine. Um, I... So, other than that, uh, my week has actually been really nice. So, I start on Friday. Um, I start on Friday. Thank you, Cap. Um, I start on Friday the 13th. A weird day to start, but the 13th has never been a super superstitious day for me. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, and I should have a new video posted on my YouTube, which I haven't had posted in about two and a half years. Yeah. So I should actually have a video posted soon. Um, and just a visual, uh, just kind of a very visible look on that. It's going to be an audio journal. Um, I cannot write to save the life for me. So when I do write, it's it's sporadic and it's just kind of like stream of consciousness. So I decided that I'm actually just going to start releasing like um, audio journals and just my own words, just kind of stream of consciousness um, on a particular topic. Um, so you can probably expect to see that video posted next, uh, probably next Wednesday or next Thursday. I can't wait. That's amazing. Me neither, because I hate editing my own voice, because I sometimes listen to it like nails on chalkboard. Um, but I will be very excited to get that posted um, and get that started. Uh, I also kind of want to say, as a as a transition to our guest tonight, that I'm going to start off each of those audio podcasts um, with the term "Once Upon a Time." which is probably one of my favorite ways to start off a storyteller. Um, but to introduce our guest tonight, Emily, would you mind uh, introducing our guest? I would. I'm going to take a deep breath for this one. Ready? <laughs> tonight we have Rachel Ann Harding. She is a storyteller who is passionate about telling the most beautiful folk, myth, and traditional tales. She also sings and plays the ukulele, and she creates melodies that connect to the heart and the ear. Rachel is also the rightful queen of Story Story Podcast, which showcases traditional storytelling and storytellers from around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, humans young and old, humans with earballs or eye holes, I present Rachel Ann Harding. Oh, hi. <laughs> Welcome. What a great intro. Thank Sounds you. like I did stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she woke up this morning and put clothes on. Yay! Yay! Day achieved. <laughs> you get a gold um, star. Um, I do have to say for our listening audience, we were sitting in the like the green screen before the show started, and oh my god, we are having such a ball. Um, I I do have to say that we're in for a real treat tonight. Um, it, I thought that Emily and I could play off each other very well, and then Rachel just comes right in and she's just like, boop, 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 bo
<laughs> You're welcome. Boop, 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 boop. It's about to get super awkward and silent. <laughs> That's how this works. We have all the good audio right before it starts. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's, it's been great. Uh, you know, speaking and they're great. <laughs> So speaking of Once Upon a Time, that means something to you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. It, uh, oh, now it's like, you know, when you go to the library and everyone's like, tell us your favorite book. And then you can't remember any books you've read. Right. Um, I'm not even literate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like picture books. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, fairy tales are my mental space of sanity they they saved me as a child and they gave me purpose as an adult and i'm a terrible buddhist but i'm a very like my spiritual practice is storytelling um so i naturally wanted to make a podcast out of that because what is spirituality if you aren't telling everyone about it so none. <laughs> so how long has your podcast been around how, when did you start it I started in 2015 when an ex-boyfriend said I should get a job as a software engineer. And I was like, I don't want to be a software engineer. I want to do storytelling and I'm going to show you and I'm going to make a podcast. <laughs> and Good some of it was I was still um, understanding what storytelling was. And I knew that there were amazing storytellers a lot of work that they had recorded and i couldn't afford to buy all of their cds um so i created the podcast as a way to promote their work and share their work i couldn't find a podcast that promoted and shared traditional storytellers so i said how about i share your work on this podcast format and so i i was able to access a a lot of incredible storytellers in their material and get an education myself while also trying to continue to promote traditional storytelling and bring it to a new generation of people who hadn't heard these storytellers before. Love it. Yay. And as a treat for everyone, I want you to know, let me make sure it hasn't happened yet. Okay. It hasn't. I want you to know I created a Huckleberry emoji for subscribers. <gasps> Huckleberry the dog will have his own emoji as soon as Twitch approves it. So it's not there now, but it will be, and cause you will have it. And anyone Yay. else who subscribes. So thank you. See, and that just goes to say, cause you're going to get it before Cap does. And that's saying something. <laughs> and that just means that he's your dog before it, he was Cap's. <laughs> and, uh, there's this, okay, so to explain to everybody, there's this ongoing thing ongoing i'd call it a feud but it's really cute i posted a picture of huckleberry my dog a while back and uh caponis who is our moderator uh said i'm taking i'm gonna steal your dog he's my dog so he posted this whole tiktok video about how he's gonna take my dog mm -hmm. and so then i was like but he's my he's my dog anyway <laughs> so we've been going back and forth on this and huckleberry's made a couple appearance couple of appearances on the podcast he has yet to speak or be a guest, but he pops in and like sits on camera and silently because that's what he does. And so he kind of, I don't know, uh, everybody loves him. He loves everybody. So it's, it's a win-win. 
What kind of dog is he? He is a beagle dachshund mix. This is adorable. White and <laughs> caramel colored. He's so cute. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's just this round little. He's so cute. There are a ton of videos of him <laughs> on my TikTok, which is under Emily A. Kramer, if you want to see. And yeah, oh so. Archer 33X is Josh, and he said HB, because we call Huckleberry HB for short. And he said HB is sleeping at my feet at the moment, so my dog. (laughs) Have you done the whole opposite end of the room? You know, who does he come to? Um, Or do you just not want to know? Not on purpose. Uh, It kind of depends on what's going on. He's really keyed into Josh. Josh is the one that walks him more. Mm. So he's really keyed into mm-hmm. him. But I think he knows who mom is. So I think. I yeah. know he does. Because he comes to me for things. So we haven't tried yeah. that yet. We should. <laughs> Later. We'll do. We should. We should. Pod, we should live stream that. Yeah. So yeah. Busy. I think that needs to be a live stream. <laughs> and then Josh um, has a dog too named Drake. We could do that with him too. Because Drake loves me. And I have, okay, I don't have any pets at the moment, so I live vicariously through Emily. Um, <laughs> Rachel Ann, do you have any uh, pets at the moment? I I have a lot of plants. I, I've taken up the, the quarantine plant fever. Um, and so I, I have a lot, and I'm into microgreens now, too. <laughs> oh, awesome. I've gone full hippie. I love it. Uh, I did micro, I did microgreens this year, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you named them? That's the question. There's like a million. <laughs> There's one plant that has a name, but she came to me with the name, and her name's Delilah. Oh. And Aww. and she uh, she grows voraciously, and so every spring I take her out, and the sun beats down upon her, and she just falls apart, and then she comes back super aggressively, and I bring her inside. And then she's happy. And we re- we've repeated that cycle a few times now. She's she's quite healthy and happy. Do you sing the Hey There, Delilah? What's it like in New York City song? Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Um, I haven't sung that to her um, because I keep thinking about the story Samson and Delilah. And I'm like, Delilah got such a bad rap. And it was just like, dude, you need to cut your hair. Like... When it gets out of hand, you know, when he's using all the shampoo, you've got to take matters into your own hands. And then she gets a whole bad rap. So that's what I think about because I cut off all of the the long stringy bits Uh um, when she gets a little too rambly. I do have to ask, where does Delilah currently sit in your house? (laughs) Well, right now she's outside on uh, where we sit and have lunch and things like that. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> impromptu. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like out on the patio? <laughs> She'll love it. It's the most singing she's gotten. <laughs> That's wonderful. You can play this back for her. I will. <clears throat> um, with that being said, um, you also have something else. You've talked to us about Once Upon a Time, uh, but mm-hmm. there's also something that I would like our listeners to know a little bit more about, which is Steampunk Jane R. 
how we pronounce it or... <laughs> jane Eyre. sorry steampunk jane so i um i was a house cleaner when i was trying to be a full-time storyteller and uh and i listened to a lot of podcasts and i realized that would be a podcast i'd want to listen to which which was a steampunk jane air jane air and uh i told people about this for a very long time and then the pandemic happened and at the beginning of it i wanted to be creative but all of my current projects just felt very stressful and so i took on that as a new project and it was lovely. It was, again, it was a master class with sitting with each word, each sentence of this enormous book. Honestly, I should have started with a shorter book, but I started with, with that one. And I went through page by page by chapter um, to recreate it in this steampunk world. And when I got done with it, I was like, it's okay, you know? It's it's a start. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And I have this amazing um, narrator, Danita Feldman, who did all of the voices and created a podcast out of it. So you can find it at Public Works Steampunk um, Presents Jane Eyre. And she read it with uh, voices and accents. And it's it's amazing. So Public Works Presents Jane Eyre. Public Works Steampunk. Oh, I was going to put a link in there. So it's at publicworksteampunk.com is the link to the website okay. and all of the all of the different chapters on the website. I put some of the notes in there of how and why I changed some things. So Jane has a clockwork eye, um, which she views the world a little bit differently. She can hear it ticking in her head. So. Um, spoiler alert, when she runs away at some point in the story. I mean, if you haven't read it by now, you can buy the times reading Jane Eyre. It's been released for a number of years, like 174. So um, if she she runs away at one point and she's out on the wild moors and her her eye freezes, she has no oil to to wind up the gears and it freezes in her head and it's this silence in her head so I, this eye is a part of her and um it's it was just a really fun book to play in it sounds it sounds really interesting is it just one eye that freezes uh-huh she has one mechanical eye and one natural eye her parents instead of dying from some sickness they die in a um dirigible crash because that's how you're supposed to die in any kind of steampunk like fantasy. a zephyr yeah yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just classic death. And and as an infant, she loses her eye. And so she's always like focusing. It's her it's her kind of twitch when something happens or when she's a child, she's trying to understand the world and she adjusts the ocular mechanisms to try to better understand what she's seeing. Interesting. Yeah. Well, now yeah. we're all going to have to go read that, right? Please do. It's it's on Kindle. Don't buy the book because Amazon's being kind of rude and published it before it had been fully edited. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I cannot figure out how to get them to take those down. I mean, if you want an original copy without all the edits in it, go for it and buy it. But 
I advise the Kindle. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> that's that's really rude. You're right. Yeah. So I'm still fighting with Amazon about that. Our Lord and Masters. <laughs> hey, Jeff, can you fix this? Hey, Trey, can you put a call in? Um, Kamala Harris and I actually spoke about this last week. Um <gasps> I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, she's not accepting calls about that specific topic. But if we want to, Man. but if we want to, I, look, I'm sorry. She has but such finite power. Um, she is in one of the high seats, but she does have her she does have her reaches. For now, um, For now. you you win this time, Jeff Bezos. You win this time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Rachel Ann, that kind of reminds me of, have you seen that YouTube series where they took uh, Pride and Prejudice, but they made it into a video diary um, from... Um... The Lizzie Bennet Diaries! Yes! Oh, my God. It Lizzie was so Bennett. good. So good. Um, I love the edit where they put like the youngest two sisters and made her basically one character. Yeah, that those actresses were amazing, and they translated it so beautifully they to like really... a modern. And I also think that it kind of speaks to um, just when you make an update, make changes that make sense to it, but it's mm -hmm. also like a timeless story. So mm -hmm. even with um as i'm learning now to pronounce jane Eyre, jane air <laughs> emily it's a pirate Arr. <laughs> she's a steampunk <laughs> she's a steampunk pirate <laughs> but she only has blue eye. yeah i was just going with that Arr. so if i was going to do another book i would do pride and prejudice because um i know it's been done to death but i had this idea of and honestly, I just want to try this idea and put it in, in the steampunk setting would be superfluous to it. But I want to gender swap Mr. Darcy. Oh, please. I want it to be Lady Darcy and have Lizzie fall in love with Lady Darcy. And it just be a normal thing. That is kind of what I think Bridgerton is going to eventually do is kind of normalize that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Or at least I'm, I'm really hoping that they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Are with the hoping? one brother. Right. Um, Whose name I forget. There are too many of them anyway. Cute, cute though, <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot. I... Lord and Lady Bridgerton had some fun. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So what... Bridgerton is an amazing series. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, um, sorry. Yeah, Bridgerton was great. I watched it and got my sister to watch it i've gotten a lot of people to watch it because <laughs> at first i was like the first person to see it and then i had no one to talk to about it and oh. i had posted some facebook update about lady featherington and i got accused of a spoiler alert but it was because the way i worded it it was not a spoiler a spoiler alert it was not a spoiler but people thought because the way i worded it it was a spoiler and it wasn't Anyway, you can go back and muddle through my Facebook if you want. But anyway, um, yeah, and so no one got it because no one got because no one else saw it. No one was and, watching. Yeah, so I'm really uh, happy now that uh, people, have, yeah, started watching it. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it's kind of like anything else. You're the first one. Who can I talk to about this? I go to Reddit, which is dangerous, oh. but yeah, I'll you get are sucked a in. brave soul. You are a brave soul. I'm just very lonely in my <laughs> in my interests. <laughs> Reddit is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So from the Jane R, <laughs> I, almost, uh-huh. I almost said it right. Um, <laughs> from that story. What is one gadget that Jane possesses that you would want to have? Oh, that's a good question. Um, A floating castle. I mean, that's a very large gadget. But my favorite scene that I rewrote is there's in the original, Mr. Rochester comes with a lot of people back to Thornfield Hall and has a, you know, big parties and things like that. And I thought it would be beautiful instead to make Thornfield Hall a large floating island that came to him. So he has different properties around England and he just summons his hall to him. And so there's a whole scene where they're preparing for takeoff and the the vases are being like glued down like you would in a museum and everything is being arranged so that they can set it up when they get there. And then the engines start to vibrate and she can feel it through the floors and it just rises up and their ears start popping and they move up into the clouds. When I was a child, my dad's pilot and he would take us up in airplanes. And the most magical part of that was being in a cloud bank with the the bright clouds and it just felt so intense and beautiful and otherworldly and that's what i wanted that scene to feel like was what they move up into this bank of clouds and it's like moving up into the heavens and then she goes out at night where they're above the cloud line and she can wrap a shawl around herself and see the stars um so now i want a floating house i was very much inspired by howl's moving castle you can see the ghibli inspiration all the way through it but I, I wanted to write it. I wanted to be there. So I had to take myself there in the book. Yeah. I approve of this. <laughs> Not that you need my <laughs> approval. I think this would be the type of castle that we would we could use for the... We haven't named it yet. The big um, photo shoot weekend. We have... Um, an... Oh, go oh, ahead, go ahead. Nope. No, I refuse. No, 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 no. I'm sentineling. So, so this... Mo- this- photo shoot weekend that they're going to plan involves a lot of rabbits um and uh, uh maybe a few uh ferrets if they can afford it and some gauzy cloth that flows uh yeah this is this is the photo <laughs> that got planned <laughs> neither of you were talking so i had to yeah no that was here. good you were going with it i wasn't gonna say anything um <laughs> It all started, I tell the story like every podcast, um, it all started with, because it always comes back to this. I think it's meant to be. It started with the Rhinus, Mark and Elva Rhinus podcast, which was like episode four or something. It was an early episode. We interviewed them. They're leather workers. They did leather work for the show Lucifer, uh, Armor specifically, and they're amazing. And they were like, I was like, I want to do a photo shoot with you guys. I do photography. So it worked out great. And we had kind of like pulled in over the course of time pretty much like 
99% of the podcast guests we've had since then have been somehow pulled into this photo shoot. So the whole thing was we were going to, we needed a big, giant, glorious library. And we thought mm -hmm. a castle library would be perfect. A castle in general would be perfect. And so mm -hmm. we must steal a castle <laughs> to shoot this because none of us can actually afford one, even if we pool, pooled our money. So we were going to steal the castle, do this amazing photo shoot weekend. Uh, Josh said, Our Operation Castle Heist. Yeah, it was like that. And then we're just going to bring in um, Tatiana has wings, fairy wings she makes. And of course, Rhinus Leather has their armor. And we had all these costumes and events. And Kaz does the um, armor for the horses, which now we're bringing horses to. Yeah. And I think the floating castle makes it... A, a, makes it possible for us to not only use the castle steal what, what have you but also maybe go around and pick everybody up <laughs> yeah yeah the, the logistics of that were tricky yeah that, that that is tricky and it's cheaper i mean it's a lot of coal but it is cheaper <laughs> than flying everybody into one central <laughs> <Yeah>. location <laughs> i like this i like this yeah so no. i yeah floating castle Go ahead, uh, Trey. All I need is Christian Bale voicing um, Hal, and uh, I, I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Also, Benedict Cumberbatch and Jason Momoa. Really? Why <laughs> emotional support? Their their muscles are super cuddly. What can I say? I. What can I say? I think a mental health support staff is necessary. Yeah. Photo shoots yeah. are rough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Long days. Long days. Long days. Right. Um, if you were, um, if you were to think back to one of the stories that you have told, um, mm -hmm. and countless stories that you've told, if you could reach into one of their libraries and pull out an old tome. Which story would you pull? Oh, so the library in the story? Mm hmm Or, so I have this version of Beauty and the Beast. A lot of the stories that I've done in the last couple of years have been re, um, remanufactured uh, classics. And My Beauty and the Beast is about the library that a magic that can turn a man into a beast and turn servants invisible can of course make libraries come alive and so when he became a beast the library began to stretch in its spine and whisper to each other and um i have these books um that talk to each other throughout the story the whole piece is from the perspective of the library watching beauty come to the castle and whispering to each other you know the philosophy books think that she won't come because her father wants to protect his offspring and when she does arrive the decor books insist that um, roses are brought in and so that so that she'll be attracted to come read them because they love to be read i mean that's what all books want is they want to be read and uh my favorite book in that story is at the very end where the beast is lying underneath the window and he is dying and beauty comes running through the garden and she grasps and she says beast wake up and he's not moving and in a fit of despair and melodrama 
the excellent and lamentable tragedy of Romeo and Juliet throws itself off the shelf and it lands with a thud on the floor, which makes the beast open his eyes. <laughs> and though the story of Romeo and Juliet itself has a lot, it's very problematic and has a lot of discussion around it, that it was such a dramatic book and that it was it was so taken by the moment that it threw itself off the shelf. I think if I could take a book from that library, it would be that one because it has such heart in it. I love it. Okay, I now need to go read the story just for that moment. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful story. Because I, I love books. They were my best friends growing up. Um, when I was young, my mother passed away when I was seven. And that was what I was, what I turned to to make sense of the world. Because inside these books, I could find um, a, a resolution of emotion. And when you're that young and that kind of thing happens, there's no resolution that has to come with a lot of time. Um, and these books, and especially fairy tales, that's one of the reasons I love them so much is that they took me into a world that could have all of these dangers and fears and bring me safely out of it. And, and so that particular story, The Beauty and the Beast in the library story is my love letter to books, my love story to books. What is the most fulfilling part of what you do there's in some ways it's getting to walk through the stories with other people i when i fall in love with a story there's such a joy and uh in crafting it and putting it together and then the hard part comes as as, as we as i put it getting it into my mouth where i can tell the story without tripping over it too much or searching for words out of the air um, where the story itself and the images that I see flow. But I also, um, the, the opportunity to tell a story and watch other people experience that world for themselves in a way that I will never see. I'll never get to see what you see hearing the same words that I'm saying, but I feel like it's, just magical to all be experiencing your own movie, your own story all at the same time. That is kind of, kind of how I feel about music. Um, mm -hmm. And it hasn't really been into the last couple of years um, that I've really wanted to tell more of a story. Um, going through and doing music school, it's, it's a lot about a lot of technique and they tell you, oh, don't forget about the character and um, the character is where you should start and this, that, and the other. But there's a missing element of kind of going back to the text and making sure that you are not just a character, but you are, you are part of that story. Mm -hmm. And being able to be where I am right now and be able to tell stories from this kind of context um, I think has really opened my eyes for what how impactful stories are um, mm -hmm. uh, from music context. And you're also a singer, are you not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And go. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. 
if you do, if you do not watch that, Emily will pull that stunt on you. So she's done that with me so much on this podcast. Um, I never mean it though. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I think it's funny because I bet. Do you sing when she says go? Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> but then someone yes. will throw it back at yeah. me and I have to be prepared too. So Yeah. It's the it's the preparation part because it's like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when someone says go? It's always the song where you're like, I can't sing that. <laughs> oh, the first thing that like pops into mind is something completely inappropriate. And I'm just like, why does why is that the first choice? <laughs> right? <laughs> um so real quick, uh, someone, it was Orphy Tunes, <laughs> Redeemed Hydrate, uh, which is a channel point redemption thing. So you can take a drink. You could take a drink anytime, but this is one where we take advantage of because oh. he bothered to spend his points to do it. It's like a drinking game. I have berry lemonade tonight. Um, is there anything in that berry lemonade? Um. It says 10% fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> it is sun-kissed berry lemonade. Yeah, it's just good old sun-kissed berry lemonade. Rachel, and I, I, I do just kind of have to ask, because... Um, <laughs> are we okay? Are you good? Are we, are, we too, are, are, are we too much? Are we too much? No, I, and anybody who says you are, they don't know what they're talking about. No, yeah, anybody These are unique shining stars. Okay. Thank you. Anybody who says we're too much needs to go find less. Yes. Hashtag. Thank you. I knew there was a T-shirt. Hashtag Elise <laughs> Myers. Yeah. Or yeah. Is that right? That's her. That's Love her. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's who it was. Elise yeah. Myers. Go yeah. find less. They can go find less. It is yeah. on a shirt. You can go to Elise Myers. She's on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere. Hashtag Nacho of my life. And uh, we should, oh, we should put Nacho of my life on a shirt is the suggestion from Kaz. Please. Would you buy it. that shirt? I, I would, would buy that would shirt. Buy that. Okay. I would buy it full retail price. <laughs> Even though he, okay. Um. All right, we're going to make that Nacho of My Life shirt. I think James will appreciate it. And the best part about it is if, like, we all took pictures of ourselves in the shirt and then we we got to get Nacho himself on, but we should send him the pictures. <laughs> Along with a T-shirt yeah. and a tiara. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's I mean, a any, anybody wants a tiara. Please. I don't think I've had anybody in my life turn down a tiara. <laughs> Have you ever had someone give you a tiara? Me? No. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Josh. Hi, this is a PSA from Trey. Hi, I would just like to say that um, Emily would love to have a tiara. Uh, just saying, her birthday is upcoming. I would highly suggest a tiara. Um, please listen for suggestions or a crown. I'm not sure, but one of which can be easily purchased from the Amazon of Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it's a step above Claire's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's some, actually some really nice tiaras on Amazon. Um, circling back just a little bit. 
Um, but the reason I transitioned that way is um, when you go from singing or when you go from telling a uh, telling a story with just words, no melodies, and you transfer that into song, what does anything change? Or um, what do you focus on when you're singing versus telling a story? So the storytelling and the songwriting were two separate elements of my life and they're starting to slowly start to, to meld together. Um, I found they both have informed each other in the sense of performance. Storytelling I found at one point was easier because if I forget something, I can just like circle around and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you this. In a song, if you forget a line, you can't like mid-chorus be like, oh, here's that line back from the verse. And it doesn't rhyme anymore. <laughs> no, it really doesn't work. So they, they really had, they developed these muscles of improvisation and then also precision. And so as they are coming together, as, as I'm starting to transfer more and more, both back and forth, um, I find with, with songwriting that is a story, um, you, ha you have to choose your words so carefully because you have three minutes, you know, or unless you're going to go for a really long ballad and then you maybe have five and a really patient audience um, or a really good ballad. Uh, but there's a, uh, in, in storytelling, um, I'm starting to add more singing with characters where they will, um, they will, I have a, a story of Bluebeard and I didn't know how to approach this story because it's a very dark story. And I, as, um, as much as I love stories about death, I'm not one who does a lot of stories about horror and Bluebeard is a very horrific story. There's a lot of stubby, stubby and blood and all that kind of stuff. So I approached it from somebody who inherits a house and she uh, wakes up in the middle of the night to hear someone singing, my husband of blue gave me a key. I unlocked the door, I'll never be free. And she follows that song and she sees a, a ghost of a woman who paces in front of a fire and she sings this over and over and over until the ghost of Bluebeard does show up and forces her to show him the bloody key. And then he drags her away to the closet where he has murdered all of his other wives. And she sees this ghostly, horrific scene play out night after night and her, she has to figure out how to stop this. And so as every night she wakes up, my husband of blue gave me a key. I unlocked the door. I'll never be free. And, uh, and until the whole piece resolves. And so I followed this um, kind of a, the, the, I don't know, the rule of, um, musicals that when the emotions are too big you sing them like when the emotion gets too big to speak it you sing it and so that was the piece that i was following in that particular story um to to put the singing into a story and fold them together i love that that is that is brilliant mm-hmm it's how I can tell really creepy gross stories without actually having to be like. <laughs> yeah, that is, it is brilliant. You can get away with anything. Mm -hmm. um, 
okay not to go keep going back to like tiktok and stuff like that have you seen the girl that sits in the the, the hallway of her uh, it's like the stairwell of her apartment <laughs> complex and she sits there and she sings just like that creepy child song um i don't know what it is i love that song um and i can't remember yes i i and then one of her videos somebody like screams at the end of it yes it's amazing i don't know if i've heard that one but i know who you're talking oh. about and i've heard it huh yeah um i know you can see me come a little closer da -da 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 -da. yeah okay. it's very creepy i've i've started to gather songs that i would like to sing to my someday children and um i'm like well they'll be young at this point so they'll just grow up thinking they're lovely tunes and when they get to be about eight or nine they're gonna realize like a lot of them are about death like jenny of the old stones from um game of thrones it's such a real mm -hmm. yeah is it lauren paley i don't know she has a youtube video that's called singing creepy songs in a stairwell <laughs> And it's Lauren P A L E Y. So that might be love her. it. Um, yeah, I think yep. that's her. That she is her industrial looking apartment kind of stairwell, or maybe like a hotel or something. But yes, how many views are on that? Well, 68k on the YouTube, but she also has on here it says it's a TikTok series that she made and she put it on YouTube. So oh, she nice. has. 1.06 million subscribers so chances are that's who it is she also brought her mother in uh one of the videos to listen to her while she sang that video oh cool yeah yeah it was it's good so lauren paley uh we here at the modern romantic support you uh you are a marvelous content creator also you sing very well also, your videos are kind of creepy. Uh, mm. Just from context, if I heard your voice and that's all I heard uh, in the stairwell, I would run and scream too. And I would also probably pee my pants. Just saying. <laughs> Better yours than someone else's. Anyway, so Lauren, if you want to be on the show, please contact us at uh, please sponsor us. We love you. <laughs> or just Emily at themodrom.com. Or Trey at themodrom.com or, or all three, because you know what? Increasing the number of emails that you submit to increases the likelihood that we will respond to you. That's right. Mm -hmm. And put your personal information in there so we can inform the police. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> do you have any big dream projects that you'd love to make happen someday? I do. <laughs> I'd love to write the next series of the Jane Eyre piece. I would love to be able to just tell stories for a living, which I still haven't figured out how to do yet. I think TikTok is a, a, a venue, an avenue, a way to do that, but I haven't quite figured that piece out. Um, I do have a book that I'd love to write because some of the stories are too big to put into, to do in, in a storytelling piece. And, and uh, the book, is called a hundred days and it's sleeping beauty and she's 16 and she gets to wake up for 24 hours every year. So on her birthday, she has 24 hours awake and 
she sleeps the rest of the year. And so for a hundred years, she is for her, it's a hundred days, but for the rest of the world, it's a hundred years. And I'm like, how would a 16 year old psychologically handle watching the world die around her for 16 years or for, for a hundred days as a 16 year old? Um, wow. That would be a dream project to put together and do. Wow. There's a lot to consider there. Like, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you if I slept for a whole year I might take a while to wake up all the way <laughs> so that day gets real short <laughs> real short <laughs> well and there's this whole piece of um, you know she wakes up and her brother gets older and older and he goes out to try to find the fairy and break the curse and comes back and can't and so there's a grieving process around this I'm stuck and then there's um, her father or one of her parents dies and she wakes up one day and they're gone and she mourns. And the next time she wakes up, it's been a year for everybody else and she has to figure out how to move on. And then eventually um, she becomes um, the incorruptible saint and is rescued by a monastery that puts her in a glass case and calls her a saint so that she's safe for the year that she sleeps and she's able to to walk around the abbey quietly for the day. And they have a festival for the sleeping saint. Um, and the part that I haven't figured out is the prince. Because, like, she meets him when he's a little boy and then grows up. And she wakes up one day and she's like, you know what? You're not a little boy anymore. And this is, you know, it's really nice to see you. Um, and then eventually she wakes up. And, and it's like she's 16, but she's also 116. So how do we play that relationship? I haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah, like by then it'd have to be like the prince's grandson or something. Yeah. Does she age? No, she stays 16. So she ages like a day for the day she's awake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Um, have you seen Light in the Piazza? No. Um, I bring that up. Um, Light in the Piazza is both a 1960s film and it's also a Broadway musical. And it explores the girl, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, but it gets revealed in both uh, the movie and the show that when she was about 10, she got um, kicked in the head by a horse. She was at a party, uh, her birthday party, and she got kicked in the head by the horse. And she had such a bad concussion that mentally she just regressed back to like a two or three-year-old. And so in her mind, she goes like 16 years of thinking that she's just like a a little girl growing up and she still looks incredibly young. She's still, uh, by the time that she is... 26 or 27 she still looks like she's 16 and she goes with her mother to um to italy and falls in love with a boy and she throughout both the show and the movie starts having these interesting psychological breaks where she is like i don't understand my feelings right now um and she's having these big emotions but she doesn't understand why she's having such big emotions because she's like this is this feels too big for me, but also at the same time, I, I I want to explore this. And so it's kind of her coming to grips with finding out who she is and not being 
repressive to herself and also not let other people repress her and allow, actually allow her that opportunity to um to grow and expand so it's an incredible um an incredible story of from like a mental standpoint of mm -hmm. someone coming to grips with that um so i i don't know i throw that out there um as like a source of inspiration I, I appreciate that. There's the whole emotion of the story itself, as much as it's interesting to think about how things would change, it's it's really emotionally, how does one handle that kind of change so quickly? Um, and, and that sounds like a great research path to follow to get a sense of how other people have grappled with that question in art. Have you ever sometimes i kind of wonder with stories has there ever been a story that you have fallen in love with that you kind of question but then you're just like screw it i'm gonna i i love the story anyway yes <laughs> there's some of them that um i call my they're they're medicine for me or they're stories I tell myself because they're what I want to hear and want to love. But I realize that my responsibility as the artist is to take care of my audience. If I'm in front of whoever I'm in front of, I need to think about what stories I'm inviting them to hear and experience themselves. And so there, there are some stories that I just don't get to tell very often at all um, because I don't want to... I, I want to be respectful and thoughtful of the audience that I'm in front of, but I do love them. Can you give a synopsis of one of them? <laughs> okay. So this, um, this story, I was teaching a workshop and I invited, I had one story that I gave everybody and I said, please take this and go create it for yourself. And they all came back and they told their version of it. And somebody told this version and I said, oh my gosh, can I please have that? <laughs> and he gave me permission. Um, so uh, you've asked for it and, and thus, here it is. Yay. It was the day of the beloved, the day that everyone would wake up in this kingdom and celebrate their loved ones. And the Sultan was excited the, the Sultan was excited to see his wife. She had her own apartments. They often were not able to spend time together. And on the day of the beloved, they would spend most of the day together. He would find all of her favorite foods and entertainment, and they would sit there and enjoy their time together. And so that morning the Sultan woke, he had himself dressed in fine clothes. And then he heard the news, a fig seller had come to the market. His wife loved figs. And so he called his servant to him, told the servant to go down to the market and buy figs. And the servant obediently went. But on the way, the servant felt this ache in his heart. He wanted to be with his family, not serving the sultan and his whims. He wanted to be with his children and his wife, his mother and his father. That's who he wanted to spend this day with. And as he thought about this, into the market he went. 
The smell of spices hit him like the cacophony of noise and color, and he made his way among the stalls until he came to the stall of figs. And he looked at them and he was measuring which ones were perfect that were going to be placed before the Sultan's wife. And as he looked at the figs, he looked up into the face of death. And I cannot tell you what death looks like. It looks different for all of us. But when he looked at death, he knew who he was seeing. And he immediately left the stall. He left the figs. He left the stall. He made his way back to the palace. He bowed himself low before the Sultan. And he said, Sultan, I cannot stay here. I cannot, I, I cannot spend another day here. And the Sultan said, what, what, is, what has caused you such alarm? I went to buy figs and I saw death. And if death has come for me this day, death looked at me with such strange eyes. If death has come for me, I don't want to spend the day buying figs. I want to spend it with my family. Please let me go home and spend the day of the beloved with my family. The Sultan was in a good mood. Go, go be with your family. But the Sultan could not get this out of his head. What did death look like and what had she said? to his servant. And so the Sultan himself made his way down to the market through those spices, that smell of spices, the stalls, the brightly colored stalls, the noise until he came to the fig stall and looked up and there was death. And he said, why did you scare my servant so badly? Have you really come for my servant on this special day? And death said, no, I have not come for your servant. I was simply surprised to see him. Your servant came to buy figs for your wife. And since I visited your wife last night, she has no more need of figs. Oh. You just have to let that sit a little bit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, I love it. Okay. You were telling us about this before the before the show started. Um, the way that Rachel Lane described it was just like, and it's like just gentle, just jab of a knife. This was good. I, straight up I missed, like that. Sorry. I straight up missed the knife for a second, and then it just like came whipping right around like some curved bow, just like chunk. <laughs> Takes a moment. Oh, wow. That That's good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um. And so the story, the original base story that the student based it on was, I think it's called, it's the one about death and the servant where the servant meets death and says, I, I'm going to ride away. And, and the master gives the horse to the servant to ride away to Samara, I think it is. And death says, I, I'm surprised I saw your servant for I'm supposed to meet them tonight in Samara or something like that. Uh, but the the they turned it just so subtly that um, I was like, I need that story, and I want to tell that story. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like. Um, it was it was just the right length. It it was beautifully described and painted, and. Um, that little twist at the end is good. Um, 
Arch Josh said, I know death in Samara. I like this version better. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Do you mind if I share that with others that I know? Please. Okay. Please. I feel like this story, there's something, there's this like, I don't, I don't know why for me it hurts, but it hurts in a way that you're just like, oh, I'm okay with that. And I'm so sad and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and um, yeah, as far as that story wants to go. That's a good please. one. I will, yeah. I will point everybody back to where I heard it from though. That's important. Yeah. Well, and, and the student originally when they, they created it, it was peaches. It was a peach okay. that was selling peaches, which I love because I love peaches. Like I will eat an absurd amount of peaches <laughs> during this peach season. Um, but uh, I changed it to figs because it seemed to fit the the scenery a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. And yeah. and having been one that has eaten an absurd amount of figs, um, I, I love them. So also dangerous. So, <laughs> sorry, Trey, it looked like you were about to say something. Nope. Because uh, if uh, what I was about to say was probably going to have peaches thrown at me. <laughs> which is, I have still to this day never eaten an actual peach. Oh, yeah, we were going to fix that. And I Excuse me? forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think this is the first time I've ever offended one of our guests. Um, and wow. rightfully so. <laughs> I a long time uh, ago, Trey told me that there were various fresh fruits he had never eaten as fresh fruits. And I don't remember all of them. I want to say oranges was one. But I took it upon myself to go to the store then and buy all some of them. I don't remember all of them. But I bought some and brought figs, them. Pears. Uh, it was figs, pears. I don't think that you bought any um, peaches at the time. Because um, I think they were out of ones. season. Yeah. No. Uh, but to this day, never bitten into an actual like live peach. I have bitten into a pear. I've eaten like straight up figs. Uh, yeah, no. So then here's the thing. You okay. have, a, you have a, an extraordinary opportunity to okay. give yourself an excellent first taste of peaches. I okay. am partial to Palisade and I will verbally spar with anyone who says the Palisade peaches are not the best uh, from, from Palisade, Colorado. Um, I know everyone's like, Georgia peaches. And I'm like, mm -hmm, okay. <laughs> but when it's time at the, some farmer's market down the road where you've got your little basket and and it's later in the summer and mm. the peach stall is there. Find a peach, find the perfect peach and actually have a moment with tasting it for the first time. Because most people don't get that with fruit, especially like perfectly ripe fruit. You know, I've had a lot of bananas in my lifetime, but I'll never get a chance to have that first moment with a banana again. Hmm. I think if you went down to like the peach stand in, in Fort Mill there and talked to them and said, okay, I need you to pick a perfect peach for me because they know what they're doing. They are the peach stand. And then you can ask them like what, because they have different varieties that come ripe at different times for the whole season. 
So you can oh, ask, sure. like, what's the best now? Or when should I come back for the best mm. of this? And then suddenly you're a peach connoisseur. <laughs> and then I'm just going to turn it in and turn it into, what's the word I'm searching for? Content. And then I'll just make a story out of it. The first time I ate a peach. Yes. Once upon a time, I ate my first peach. Yep. Yes. I like how you mentioned bring your little basket. Like a tasket, a tasket. Aniga Montoya with a basket. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to give you like a whole farmer's market vibe. (laughs) You have to wear a gingham shirt too. I'm, no, it's going to be a dress. If I'm going to show up with like a tisket, a tasket, it is going to be a gingham dress. And a bonnet. I'm... Target has those available. <laughs> or a straw hat. Yes. You can totally get those right now. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Yeah. Hi. For the summer collection of 2022, what are we giving it off? Random singer in a... Um, in a gingham dress with a straw hat coming at you from South Kakalaki. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's why I said to ask the people at the peach stand because I've gone yeah. to the peach stand and bought like a little, um, they have those little, uh, it's a box with their stand mm-hmm. on it. And they haven't been the best, but other times have been way better. So if you ask. I feel like you need um, a taster with you. Somebody who's going to like open up the peach and take a taste and be like, this is not the one. Yes. You know, so like this has to be such a curated moment. (laughs) And I think you should TikTok the hell out of it. You know, just really go to the stand every couple of days and be like, I'm here. I'm going to try my first peach, maybe if it's in season. And then you have your taster. I mean, this could be a quite a thing. Build it up. Uh Archer in our chat said, I volunteer. <laughs> um, okay, so Emily has been um, not so subtly hinting for me to go visit. Um, I will make this deal. Oh. Um, when I come to visit you, when I come to visit, Good. I will happily go to a farmer's market and Josh can be the one to, uh, to help curate this moment so that I can bite it to my first beach. Is that a deal, Archer? Yeah, I'll, I'll let him answer that because he says yas. <laughs> My thought was we should we should go there, but you should come here. Both. I mean, I, uh, okay, we'll both. both. Uh, we can do we can do a taste test. We can do the ones from Minnesota and then the ones found in uh, Fort Mill, Cac- uh, South Kakalaki. <laughs> the other thing we should do while we're in south kakalaki is if we're doing taste testing we should go over to pucker butt pepper company and this is going to sound like an advertisement but we should go over to pucker butt pepper company and taste the carolina reapers and the pepper x's and die in a mouth fire because that's how that would end up for me but so in one hand just have a carolina reaper in the other hand just a peach and just be like "Mm." My mouth is on fire. Mm, beautiful peach. Mm, fire peaches. They are logistically close to each other, aren't they? I just thought of that. <laughs> Don't cure your first experience with peaches with a pucker butt something or other. 
the Pucker Butt is the company name. This guy Ed Curry that developed the Carolina Reaper pepper and Pepper X, um, the hottest peppers in the world, happens to be kind of a mile down the road from the peach stand, which is what we've been talking about. I find it funny that he's like focused his company not on like the initial experience of something hot and spicy, but on the exiting experience you know we should get him on the show that would be great (laughs) you know what i will go down um i have some time on saturday i can go into the store and uh chat up the the owner of the pucker butt (laughs) (laughs) that's so so wrong that's great I can't. Can you please? Can you please video document that too? Because we we're gonna want you. We're gonna want that video footage. Hello. We want. No. We want to. Okay. No. I'm not. No. Christmas. That would be great if you could. I would love that. His name is Ed Curry. Okay. Curry like. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> curry, curry like Tim Curry. Yes, and the food. Okay. Yes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> outside of your current audience that listen to your stories, um, what is one person that you would love the opportunity to tell a story to? This is gonna Okay, so for a while I I really wanted to like tell stories in front of the Obamas. Okay. I feel like that's that's a very classic two thousand dream. Like Hamilton did it and look what happened to them. Um so mm-hmm. that was one. And then there's um I also uh Tim Ferris, um, who does the four hour work week and because um, he nerds out about stuff and I know he's nerded out about Norse mythology and whenever I hear like these random famous people being like oh I love traditional stories or I'm like you have no idea the the like s- sub culture of storytelling that's in America it, it there's so many incredible storytellers that are just making their way through life you know some of them have the day jobs but you know, are still telling stories. Some of them are still on on the festival circuits, but I just don't think people know that there's traditional storytellers out there. It 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 isn't an art form that is mainstream at this point, and it it breaks my heart because for me, it's the most magical experience to sit down and listen to a good story. Oh, so good. So, the Obamas and Tim Ferriss. <laughs> Okay. Excellent. Well, flipping it on its side a little bit, who would you like to tell the story with? Ooh. Um, Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey? I've I've heard he's as intense as his face is. It's actually, he's actually a, a very uh, theatrical person and he would probably be like an amazing tandem teller. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. Um, 
That made my day. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> but you're welcome. You're welcome to have your own answer. <laughs> Um, well, and so then it's like, okay, if I was going to do a famous person, Lin-Manuel Miranda might be really fun to work with. But if it's, oh. if I'm like sticking with storytellers, I, I have my favorites. Janice Del Negro is my mentor. I heard her tell stories. I've, I've heard a lot of tellers in the process of doing this podcast and going to festivals. And, um, and every time I hear her stories, I'm like, that she just she sits quietly and um makes you go somewhere else without a lot of movement or 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 voices and things like that um but i feel like i've got to tell with a lot of my heroes like i've got to tell with laura packer and been been able you know when i'm telling stories with her i tend to end up getting so lost in her story it takes me a minute after she's finished to be like Oh yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> or she tells a bluebeard that's gender swapped and it is so dark. And yet I was laughing all the way through it and being like, should I be laughing at this? But it's like so dark. It's, it's, it's amazing to see um, storytellers at work. Um, so if I could tell anywhere, which you did not ask this question, um, <laughs> but there's Go a, there's a festival in, um, in Utah, the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival. It happens just after Labor Day every year. And then there's the Jonesboro. They're the two big festivals. But I've been to the Timpanogos one a number of times. And there's something about the um, the amount of professionalism and um, polish that you need to get on stage in front of like a couple thousand people sprawled out across this grassy hillside on a gorgeous night. and keep them all engaged um that i'm like that's a challenge i want to take on i'd like to see how it feels to make that happen yeah what does it take to to get there um i think uh a good uh, like depends um like underwear yeah (laughs) Not not the answer i was expecting (laughs) that's really a shocking entry fee (laughs) because you know it's just gonna be very stressful and you just want to be focused and not thinking about the bathroom (laughs) i love that you rolled with that and the gary Vesey thing (laughs) that is you're amazing oh thank you i just like to be prepared (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Josh said peaches with habaneros is awesome as a sweet salsa. He also said Gary Busey, blah, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And Cap, our moderator, said he's a certified nutcase, too. Lex and Terry have had some pretty bad experiences with him over the years. Oh, can you do we have a sighting? Do we have a sighting? Yeah, there's one. Something's scratching at my door here. And uh, Laura is pretty dang good. Yes, she is. She had, excuse me. Excuse me one second. Yep. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Thumbs at your door. <laughs> what I do, what, uh, well, we are awaiting the, um, uh, 
the inevitable guest that is going to be here um i want to say that when it comes to storytelling i am always amazed um both with you and with laura just it's like that rule of improv it is just you never say no you just say how can i spin this mm-hmm. uh, so i <laughs> while your answers left me absolutely speechless <laughs> um and hysterical um i am amazed by that level of wit that comes along with it so i do have to compliment you incredibly that um it takes someone who is excellent at their craft and who is very invested in the story to to have that level of wit so to you i say thank you thank you i i got it from having siblings who were merciless (laughs) (laughs) i like to thank my siblings who would bring me to tears multiple times a day as a child (laughs) no i really i had a lovely family who had such a sense of humor um and, and it has it's learned to refine itself over time but there's still moments where I'm just like, oh, I made that awkward. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Though I got to say, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking with both of you because I feel like I don't necessarily have to think too much about, is this the right thing to say? I'm just like, you know what? Adult diapers. That's what you need. Yeah, I've, I, that came out of my mouth without <laughs> thinking. And later when I go back to edit this in the when I go through and finalize everything for the audio version. I sit there and go, should I take this out? And I almost never do. Um, because I feel like, no, the raw moment is way more entertaining. It's so much better to, to hear that as an audience member, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and see who we really are. So they know what they're running away from. And then um, I'll leave it in there. So I really don't edit much out other than, yeah. That's the thing about storytelling that I love. Because in in songs, you can do that pattern in between to get the audience engaged, and then they have to feel the song on their own. But with storytelling, I will tell it differently each time, depending on my audience or my mood. You know, if if I'm really getting kind of feedback from them, I'll definitely play on that more. And there's space to do that. Um, there's space and that's where I will write I write my stories very carefully I think through all of the beats of it and I think through all of the some of the jokes that I want to put in but then I tell it a couple times and I go back and I rewrite for what came out in the live performance that really worked so that I can replay those beats that I just wouldn't have been able to do without the response of a live audience being like yes that worked or wow that was awkward (laughs) I, I want to ask this, but you're you're more than welcome to just decline. Has there ever been a, a time when a story, maybe a story wasn't going well, and what did you do to, to recover? Okay, there's two stories. The first one is not, um, uh, was one of those things that you just realized it was the wrong place to tell stories. Like we were invited to tell at this big art event where it's like, we're going to have a bunch of artists and there's going to be wall art and there's going to be this. And there's, you know, it's going to be, and we'll have a space just for the storytellers. And we get there and it's loud and they have a stand in the middle of the room of this like chatty place where people are walking around talking to uh, each other and about the art. And they're like, tell a story. 
it was it was painful. You're just like, all right, I'm just gonna get through this. And you just talk the story through. Actually, Laura Packer was there and she was she was beautiful because she she like she could feel this was just the worst place to try to gather any kind of audience. And she just stood there and smiled and made eye contact and was like, you're gonna make, like, I could just feel her being like, I am your anchor, live these few minutes and then you will be done, you know? And it was, um, it was really difficult. And one of those experiences where I'm like, I'm never gonna do that again. I, I, you have to learn to curate the space for a traditional story to be told. And then, one of my favorite ones, I was at a house party. Now this was a different kind of experience. This person hired artists to come in and entertain his guests. So they, these guests knew they were there to sit and listen and enjoy the artists who would come in. And I was telling a story and everybody was sitting and really into it and very much enjoying it. And I see in the back of the room, everybody's facing me, but at the very back, there's this guy who's leaning against the wall near a candle. And his sleeve, it starts to go up in flames. <laughs> and I'm like oh. watching this man light himself on fire. And I'm telling this story. And I see the people around him start to respond like, oh, my gosh, he's on fire. But it was quiet enough that I'm like, nobody who is not immediately in part of this knows this man is on fire in the back of the room. And so I like stop. And I'm like. So I'm going to stop for a minute because there's a man on fire in the back of the room and we're going to give him just a minute to handle that. And people at that point were like, you could see them kind of blinking out of the story of like, wait, what? Like, is this part of this traditional story? <laughs> and the man was successfully put out and it was just his sleeve that was burned and he was just fine. But it's it's like, that's what happens when you're enthralled with a story. You can be lit on fire and you hardly know what it is. You're just enthralled. <laughs> That's uh, wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes I find myself making slightly off-color jokes after, as soon as it comes out of my mouth. And I didn't intend them to be such. Um, so I was explaining um, some, some things to one of my current classes that I'm teaching. Because uh, I'm still in my previous role. I don't transition until Friday. Um, and I was explaining a certain type of like business and talking about nursing homes. And I said, you know, um, you know, when, um, for a variety of reasons, we have to swap out like certain things um, at the uh, at like nursing homes, because, you know, some of the tenants come and go for a variety of reasons. And it just kind of came out of my mouth and my whole class just went, oh no. And then some of them just started laughing which made it so much worse. And I realized what I said and I just went, okay, and we're going to move right <laughs> along. And I did that recently at work. So I, I work with an educational program and I was talking about these mentor groups. And I was like, no, students often really want there to be a lot of connection, but we can't guarantee bondage be between these people in the group. And I was like, uh, that's not the word that I meant. I was like, uh, I'm going to move on here. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> it's not that kind of educational course. <laughs> well, we certainly don't want to get tied up into a conversation that we don't oh. want to be in. 
that is not what I expected you to say. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. I Thank love you. I love quick thinking. Good job. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, um, where is your creativity taking you now? So, um, most of it is with my storytelling partner, Cooper Brown. Uh, he and I have been, I think he's one of the reasons I am the storyteller I am today, because when we started working together, um, it was this piece of let's encourage each other to keep going. And so we started performing together under the title Stories with Spirit. And um, and we did a lot of live performances, which may, meant we had to come up with a lot of new work and we had to consistently be improving ourselves. And it's how I started working with Laura and Janice. And, um, and then COVID came along and we moved to online and we started doing these shows called Fairytale Variations where we'd invite um, three or four other storytellers to come retell the same story with us. So you get Cinderella, but of five different versions or Hansel Gretel, five different versions. And the way every story, though it's the same story, every person's take or perspective or way into the story became different. Um, it just created such interesting nights of storytelling. Um, so we are doing, we're still doing online stuff. We found a really incredible audience of people from around the world who will show up for these storytelling online. And um, and so we, we've been producing these pieces and we do the variations and then we do some with, it's just Cooper and myself telling. And then I, I'm still contemplating TikTok. I, it's the three minute limit is a really interesting limit. <laughs> yeah. Traditional telling is very much, uh, uh, feels most alive in person. So finding a way to translate it to a place people can access and then maybe get curious about storytelling um, and try out and, and find other ways to experience traditional storytelling. So my creativity there and then the podcast, the story story podcast with all of the traditional tellers on that. Um, Kaz just said in the chat that there's now a 10 minute limit on TikTok. <sighs> I don't that feel might. like I could watch a 10 minutes TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but How, that gives uh, you a bigger, I'm sorry, go ahead. It does. No, no, go ahead. Oh. Is, is there a, is that <gasps> no. ladies and gentlemen a wild puppy has appeared huckleberry <laughs> this is huckleberry oh my, oh my gosh look up there look up here he's so look up here buddy there he's, he's not so... okay. for those um... of you who can't see this there's an adorable dog who is refusing to look at the camera <laughs> yep <laughs> Hi, baby. Who Hi, is baby looking like he's being held with such love and such tenderness and just looking at the ground like, please put me down. I don't know. I do not understand why I'm up here. I, mm -hmm. I was trying to get him to stand on the desk, but then you can't see him. He, he refuses Pe to look at the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, buddy. Say hi. Huckleberry. You're okay. He, he looks sleepy. His ears look very soft. They are. He has like little lamb ears. 
They're kind of lamby, like you would expect. Yeah. Fix this look, one. There we go. There we go. Terry, say hi. No. No. He doesn't really like being held, as, as some of you may know. Oh, goodness. No. Sliding but... off my leg. <laughs> But if you, like, lay down on the ground, he will, like, come over and sniff your face. Um, for our audience, he does have this incredible trick. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 the most random thing. But when I got introduced to Huckleberry a couple years ago, um, Emily introduced him and said, Hey, I have this really cool trick that you can show him to do. All you have to say is one thing to him, and he'll do it. You may have to say it, like, once or twice, but he'll do it. Show me your butt. He will turn around and he will stick his butt in the air and then he will look back at you because he wants you to <laughs> congratulate him and cheer him on. So how long did it take to teach him this trick? Well, he kind of, he would get so excited he would do that anyway. And so like when he was younger, I would just, so when he would do that, I would say, show me your butt. So later... Well, he did it enough times, and I would say that enough times so that I could say it, and he would do that. That's how that came about. He'd started it really. He just didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, I have yet. I ha I used to have a video on Instagram of him doing it, but I don't. It's I couldn't find it, so I'm gonna have to get another video of him doing this. I think that can come back. That can make an encore TikTok <laughs> or something. But he does do that. Show me your butt. He's like, there's a cat over there. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, Rachel Ann, I do uh, want to ask, as you were talking about uh, doing online content for a second, not that I don't love Huckleberry, um, yeah, <laughs> but um, you were talking about online content. Um, rumor has it that you also have a Twitch stream happening tomorrow. I do. Right. <laughs> is that news to you or <laughs> that's news to me okay um... maybe nope <laughs> never mind um i'm so sorry uh do you have any upcoming events that you would like to talk about <laughs> so there's this twitch stream no <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna air part two tomorrow Oh, good. Okay. Um, that's where I really get into all my childhood trauma. And... <laughs> the therapy sessions. It's <laughs> the one where I cry without Vaseline. Um... <laughs> Vix. I knew, I knew what you meant. <laughs> good. So it's like, wait a Vaseline. <laughs> We're going to back up on that. Um, stuff that I have coming up. I uh, I have mostly the podcast is what's coming up right now. Um, that's that comes out pretty regularly. Um, and then I've got next next month I'll be doing um, some um, uh, live events with Cooper where we will be telling stories we haven't told before because we've been doing so many variation pieces that we're like we should actually do a show where so we're gonna do a solstice show and come up with some really great stories for midsummer so that'll be on the facebook because we still use that ancient technology um you can find us so there <laughs> i feel like that's what all of us older folk use nowadays just trying to keep up with the kids and on facebook you're on there as rachel ann harding uh-huh and 
on i don't know do you do you want to give out the tiktok too so i mean if you really want to see uh, a person floundering on a new tech uh, on a new platform um you're totally welcome to go find me on tiktok you'll see a couple day vlogs i think there's me telling some stories uh there's one where i open up um like a, a hippopotamus you can put in the microwave and it's like a, a warming hippopotamus I mean, it, it was a like a little PSA that you should use your HSA before the end of the end of the year, because <laughs> adults got to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I posted a, a TikTok recently about a dream I had, and then I ended it with, and then I woke up and realized that I had done my dishes last night. So you're getting a lot of middle age content of like, look at me adulting. <laughs> I think that sounds fun and relatable. <laughs> So still trying to find my voice in there. Me too. Well, you, I just post you know, videos of Huckleberry. <laughs> I have recently joined Facebook. I'm sorry, TikTok again. Uh-huh. What are you laughing at, Emily? You've recently joined Facebook. Welcome to 2022, Trey. I'm sorry, that I'm... was mean. And I apologize. And I retract that. I will edit that right out of the podcast. <laughs> No, let me find my glasses because apparently the library is open. <laughs> so, dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, so uh, Rachel and you have a new follower. Um, it is from a an account that does not have any videos posted because I just joined it like two days ago, and I've just been liking a whole bunch of videos and following people. And yes, I do follow. For those wondering, I do follow the Modern Romantic, and I do also. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Oh, I lost connection there for a second. Oh, we oh, couldn't tell. You're still here? Oh, okay. Well, good. Um, so uh, from an account that does not have any uh, videos, because I just started liking videos, and I do follow the Modern Romantic on TikTok, and I also follow Emily. And I'm keeping up with the Cat versus Emily. Um, this, no, this is my dog feud. Between Caponis <laughs> and myself. Well, I fully expect to see um, first Peach content uh, this summer. And um, and I, I don't remember the name of this company. And I'm like, Pucker Hot Butt, butt Company? Pucker <laughs> Butt. <laughs> between, between talking about Peaches and Pucker Butt, people are going to like listen to this podcast and go, what is this about? This is smutty, smutty content. <laughs> <laughs> hot butt <laughs> it's like I remember back and this is gonna date me back when um, people were getting different emails outside of AOL.com <laughs> and so it was like the late 90s and um, there was Hotmail had come about and I remember uh, that there were people that didn't know what that was and assumed it was H-O-T-M-A-L-E. <laughs> yes. That would make sense. And honestly, what a great idea. You can still take advantage of. Uh, it's, the idea is out there for somebody. A, a, fi a finder's fee would be nice, but otherwise, you know, go make a million dollars. There needs to be a podcast of, I was born before, where it's just like, I was born before Google was a search engine. 
and just have and just get the response from from people who are like <gasps> you know i had to do papers before wikipedia was a thing <laughs> <laughs> i had to write reports before the internet was a thing <laughs> If I wanted to send notes to my friends, I had to do it via paper. I couldn't do it over cell phones. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Whopper was a futuristic supercomputer. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta know. You gotta... <laughs> it's from the... I was the... alive. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> it's from the movie... Um... Uh oh gosh, it's Matthew Broderick. It's um, would you like to play a game? Uh, oh, it's something war. I feel like we already are global thermonuclear <laughs> war. Matthew Broderick, go. You tell yours, and I'll look it up. Okay, um, I was alive when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. <laughs> oh, you don't look a day past Tesla. It was oh Project X. It was Project X, the movie. War Games. It was... Maybe it was War Games. Yeah, Project X was the one with the monkeys, wasn't it? Yeah, it was War Games. War Games. The Whopper was like this computer that filled up basically a warehouse. Oh. And it was it was W-O-P-R and it stood for something. It played tic-tac-toe. Yeah. It was capable of playing tic-tac-toe. Did it win though? Well, that was the question of the whole movie. If it could win tic-tac-toe? Mm -hmm. Worth seeing just for that. Because that is a riveting storyline, isn't it? <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> Yes. Uh, I liked Matthew Broderick in the movie Lady Hawk. Mm. Like, that's where I crushed on Matthew yeah. Broderick. I'm with you, you on know. that. And now we all have homework. Go watch Lady Hawk and Project X. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trey's just laughing. He, who's Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, uh, uh, I'm no, kidding. I'm no, kidding. In, no. I'm, okay, first of all. I'm kidding. So, no. I No, first of all, I'm going to get on my soapbox about this. Um, there are people at work and there are people still in my life who, who look at me as a 30 something, um, and they go, oh, you don't, you couldn't possibly know about like this specific thing. And then I start dropping things like, I know who Elizabeth Montgomery is. I know and can quote you part of, um, I love Lucy. I know that there was a Lucy show. Um, I've listened to the Mary Tyler Moore, Gold, uh, Golden Girls. And can quote um, like doors the the white stripes and start talking about the eagles, and people look at me and they just kind of go, "How how how old are you?" And I'm like, "I'm not that old, but I was just raised with good parenting." Mm -hmm. Let's get that fact correct. Um, sorry, that was a weird diatribe to get on, but um, you could be like, "I'm 59," and then they will be absolutely shocked. I'd rather, nope, not going to make that joke. Just kidding. Anyway, moving right along. Um, <laughs> with that being said, uh, uh, Rachel Ann, can you, can, I want you to 
if you would oblige us of course would you tell us um a story in 30 seconds Ooh, that's a challenge um would you oblige us in this <laughs> we cut it out if it's not a good one <laughs> absolutely if you'd like us to we will <gasps> i feel like there's all these short ones that are so okay i do have a joke okay um do you want to tell it for the story <laughs> or uh, or i could um <laughs> I do, do you like want to tell joke. do you want to tell the joke and then tell the story i mean so is this a story i know or do you just want me to come up with something uh you pick surprises it doesn't matter 30 second story oh nazardine of course i'd pick a nazardine story okay um okay all right just let me think of which one i want to do of his okay because he has so many lovely ones okay okay you ready for the 30 second story all right we'll go with 30 that. seconds in three two one nazardine was sleeping and as he slept, a robber crept into his house and began to steal all of his things. And in the middle of this, Nazardin woke up and he realized he was being burgled and he did the only thing he could think of to do. He played dead. And so them thinking he was dead, they stole everything in his house. They took the candlesticks, they took the plates, they took everything. And when they left, he got up and he wrapped his blanket around him for that was all that was left in his house and he began to follow them across the deserts they rode him following after them calling wait 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 and finally at sunrise the robber turned around and looked at him and said we have stolen everything you own and now you come after us what do you want old man and nazardine said you took everything i own i thought i would come and live with you oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. All of his um, are like quippy and jokey. Yay! Um, Laura, uh, oh my god! I, you I'm just said so Laura. Sorry. I know. <laughs> okay, I, I am so sorry, Rachel Ann. Be listening. Um, I. Okay, honestly, it's a compliment. It is a compliment. Oh, it is. Honestly, it absolutely is a compliment. God, That's oh amazing. <laughs> Laura is deep waters. Deep waters. Like, yes. That was a hand motion that really does not translate well to audio. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. So as an analogy, can't see the bottom, you know, fish and whales yep. live down their deep waters. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Ann, um, I do have to say that this has been an incredibly magical time. Um, I don't think I have honestly left this heart in so long. Um, you bring such an incredible joy. Um, you you just have this incredible like sparkle. There are people who shine and there are people who sparkle. Um, and I do have to say that you are one of the people who sparkles. So thank you so much for for taking the time to share that with us. Um, and if we could possibly have you back, would you be interested to be on the podcast again? 
Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, this has been so much fun. It, it, you both are absolutely delightful, delightful to talk to. Um, and I, I, um, I would love to come back and maybe I could interview you this time. Do your audience really know who you are? Do they know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I would love like a, um, this is the Modern Romantic Podcast taken over by Rachel Ann Harding. <laughs> Be like, hey folks, you thought you knew. They're usually really open with you, but it's time to get to know them. You think I have a dog named Huckleberry. <laughs> but really what we saw looked nothing like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my luck dragon. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. He's that was Falcor. a noise I didn't mean to make, but I did. <laughs> uh, uh, Rachel, before um, before we go here, uh, we want to make sure, just so, as a reminder, um, can you remind us where are the best places that our listeners can connect with you? Okay. So, folks, get out your pens and papers. If you're modern, just text. Use your phones. Um, RachelAnnHarding.com. Oh, very good. Emily, you understood the assignment. She has a pen. Um, no paper. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> and paper. <laughs> RachelAnnHarding.com is my main website. It's a thing. It'll be great someday. It'll be one of those wonderful sites. It's a thing. It's a place to go now. Um, and then uh, Story Story Podcast is where you get the content of the traditional folk and fairy tale. You can listen to the podcast, find the storytellers that are on there. Um, there are storytellers who have since gone beyond the veil and this is a place you can hear them and hear some of their incredible work um so i really love sharing their stories you can find me on facebook at rachel and harding you know all across all social medias it's rachel and harding um someday i'll also be a wonderful poster there but until then you'll get random stories about me and the dishes i did the night before and other middle-aged content so until the stories figure out how they want to be told, you're going to get that. But I'd love to love to see any of you listeners out there on my various social feeds. Excellent. We will do that. If you haven't followed already, go do so. And uh, insert uh, insert my joke about wanting to date Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, insert that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, just have a moment of silence. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Benedict, if you're listening. Benedict, if you are listening, please email us at please sponsor us. We love you at themodrom.com. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, we are now also pretty much on every single major podcast outlet available. Uh, we have moved into your home. We ate all of your mac and cheese. Sorry, not sorry about it, but thank you so much in advance. We were really starving. Um, also, thank you to our moderators, um, to Cap, to Archer. Um, and to everyone else, thank you so much for all that you do. You can listen for free wherever you get Acquire, Attain, Arm Wrestle for, Stream, Plunder, or Download Podcasts. For updates, announcements, and info on who our next guests are, you don't have to send a carrier pigeon. You just need to follow us on social media. Um, We're full up also- on carrier pigeons. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we will be returning the Hawks later. Mm. Um we would like to also end the podcast with a very brief quote. And tonight, 
I kind of did, I did something fun. And I just kind of, in my own brain, was just like, mm, stop here. So I have not read this before. I'm just going to read this one. And it is from Lenny uh, Riefenstahl. And she said, I set about seeking a thread, a theme, a style in the realm of a legend. Something that might allow me to give free reign to my juvenile sense of romanticism and the beautiful image. Yay, romanticism. Yay, romanticism. Mm -hmm. um, and 10 second dance party. Oh, God. All right. Does the look on my face reflect my emotion? <laughs> it kind of looks like that filter on TikTok that, like, you could be laughing, but you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> And also, and ask yourself this question. What have you done lately to be romantic? I don't know. You're I'm welcome. not answering. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.